Welcome to the Kindred Church Podcast, where we talk about God, faith, and real life. This is Daniel Childs. I'm the host of the podcast and the pastor of Kindred Church. To learn more about how to connect with our community, check out our website at www.kindrednc.church. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We're glad you've tuned in for today's episode. Now, let's talk about God. Well, hello and welcome to worship. It's good to be with you if we've not met before. My name is Daniel. I'm the pastor here. And if this is your first time to worship with us at Kindred, we are especially glad that you have joined us. We want you to know that whatever your faith journey looks like, whatever your background is, you are welcome here. Uh, Our scripture reading for today comes from Philippians chapter 4. And we're looking at verses 4 through 7. And it says this. Be glad in the Lord always. Again, I say, be glad. Let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all of your requests to God in your prayers and petitions, along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, for the sermon today, we've got a special treat. Our friend, Pastor Toby Nguyen, is here to preach for us. Um, some of you know Pastor Toby, but if you don't, uh, Pastor Toby is the pastor of outreach at our mother church, which is University United Methodist in downtown Chapel Hill. And uh, we get the joy of hosting Pastor Toby to preach for us from time to time. And today is one of those days. So I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Toby now for the sermon. Good morning and welcome to Kindred. My name is Toby Nguyen. I'm the pastor of outreach at University United Methodist Church in downtown Chapel Hill. The last time I was able to be in person with Kindred was the summer of outdoor services in the midst of COVID and what a gift it is to be together today. We've been talking about four spiritual habits that will keep us connected to God in a new academic year, worship, service, and group life. Worship keeps us focused on our goal of following Jesus, putting our faith into Christ-like practice by serving, and the importance of Christian community where we can help one another grow. Today, we're covering Bible study and prayer as tools that keep us connected to God. But before we talk about prayer, let's begin in prayer. Would you pray with me? Thank you, God, for this time that we have together. Please train our focus toward you. We want to grow closer to you, to feel connected, and to love you more deeply. May everything we say and do be in your name. Amen. Well, the school year has just begun, and it is a bit chaotic in my household. I don't know about you, but um, we're experiencing a bit of disconnection. My youngest is a sixth grader and she's running cross country for the first time. So four days a week, she walks into the house just as we're sitting down to dinner. My oldest daughter is managing homework as a high school upperclassman alongside leadership and service. Staying connected to them means intentionally setting aside time to hear about their day, what they're thinking, how they're feeling. And I'm grateful that small pockets of space keep us connected to one another. 
When my oldest daughter started school, friends warned me that it would be emotional and to be gentle with myself. Have you been there dropping a kindergartner off on their first day of school? So that year, my husband Jimmy and I started a tradition of a breakfast date on the first full day of school. And maybe that first year was a little teary. And maybe now, 11 years later, there are a few less tears. But now Jimmy and I try to actually have a breakfast date together weekly. I mean, it's free childcare, right? So we take the girls into school and then we head over to our current favorite, which is New Hope Market, before we start our work days. We were practically giddy this year as we knew the start of our academic breakfast dates were going to begin again. A lot of my relationship with Jimmy is family-focused time. But in order to parent in the way that I want, we need to be well-connected to one another. And this means regular time, just the two of us. And here's the hard truth. Relationships must be nurtured. We all know that. Cognitive behavioral couple therapy, which is my training in couples counseling, Counseling tells us that this happens in two ways, shared experiences and shared thoughts and feelings. Shared experiences are like going to basketball games together, having vacations, working together to get the kids out the door or dinner on the table. These shared experiences bring us closer to one another. Shared thoughts and feelings are a regular opportunity to talk to one another and to connect on a deeper emotional level. Both of these shared experiences and shared thoughts and feelings are vital to nurture a good relationship. We need to spend time together, we need to talk to one another, and we need to listen to one another. You know this to be true in all kinds of relationships, in your friendships, in relationships with a parent or with a child, in your dating relationships. A balanced and loving friendship requires that I show up in intentional ways. I'm sure that you have relationships that you can point to that are in a healthy place and maybe some that need a little more nurturing. Our scripture today talks about a connection with God. This is what our scripture says, don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all of your requests to God in your prayers and petitions, along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. Worship, service, and small groups for study and accountability are vital in the Christian life. But like Jimmy and I need to schedule regular time, just the two of us, my walk with God needs the same. This conversation over breakfast in our relationship with my partner is akin to prayer and reading the Bible for my relationship with my creator. When Jimmy and I are in regular rhythms of connection, no matter the chaos in our personal lives or familial lives, our marriage brings peace to that chaos. And the opposite can be true. Our scripture today says the same. Bring all of your requests to God in your prayers and petitions along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God 
that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. I want to spend the rest of our time together talking about practical ways to put habits of prayer and reading the Bible into your daily practice. There are a lot of different ways to think about prayer. We have beautiful flowery prayers that are prayed by the professional prayers, and those can feel intimidating and frankly unreachable. Pastor Daniel and I share a mentor from seminary days, Reverend Greg Moore, and he teaches that prayer is simply paying attention. Prayer is paying attention. The week before school started, my family took a vacation to Asheville. And the day we left Asheville, we stopped at a vista point on the Blue Ridge Parkway. And I saw these layers of rolling green mountains in the distance and wildflowers there at my feet. And it brought me to attention. The sigh that escaped was from eyes filled with beauty and shoulders relaxed from a lovely vacation and a heart at peace. And that sigh signaled prayer. I was paying attention. Maybe I could have mumbled a simple sentence like, wow, God, but the sigh was enough. Sometimes prayer is words, words strung together by me, words that were written by someone else that I read, Sometimes prayer is tears, laughter, or sighs. But at its base, prayer is paying attention. I urge you to take time out each day to pay attention, to notice that the way to notice the ways that God is working through creation and through the people around you. God is speaking. We just need to pay close enough attention that we can listen. So let's take a moment right now. Listen to the ways that God is speaking to you right now in this place. What do you hear? What do you see? I hear the cicada outside, even through these walls and windows. I hear the pitter-patter of children's feet on the floors as they're running around in preparation for a new preschool year. I see the way that God is in creation and that God is working through the ministry of the church around me. Maybe you, like me, have gotten to the end of a day and realized that you haven't once prayed. I'm working with a dietitian right now, and she's recently asked me to up my water game. The first couple of days, I simply just set an intention that I wanted to drink more water. And maybe because of that intention, I drank a couple more ounces of water, but I didn't make much progress toward my goal. The next day, I filled a larger bottle of water, and I did drink that. But once it ran out, I was like a camel in the desert for the day. 
It wasn't until I set several alarms on my phone to remind me to drink water that I really made some progress towards that goal. Every couple of hours, an alarm goes off on my phone and it brings me to attention to my intention. And I drink a glass of water. Having an alarm set to remind me to drink water is an effective cue. The monastics have known this to be true for centuries. If you stay in a monastery, then you'll hear the bell toll as a call to prayer. When the monks or nuns hear the bell, they know it's time to stop their work wherever they are, stop what they're doing and pray in that space or make their way over to the chapel and pray there. This has a couple of different names, fixed hour of prayer or daily office. This tradition of fixed hour of prayer comes from Psalm 119 that says, I praise you seven times a day, or I rise to pray seven times a day. And so in many communities, people who pray for a living, an alarm goes off to remind them to stop what they're doing to pray. I suppose that if people who dedicate their entire life to prayer need a reminder, then I might need one too. And so I have them set on my phone, alarms on my phone, truly, to remind me to stop what I'm doing and to pray. If you're looking to draw closer to God through prayer and feel like a beginner, then consider adding a short time of prayer. This may be when you wake up or when you go to sleep or maybe an alarm that's set every day for noon to take a short walk and pay attention to how God is at work around you. If you've been at the life of prayer a bit longer, it might be time for you to up your game. Keep a list of prayer concerns that are shared with you and pray for them daily. There are prayer books in our Christian tradition that may expand your life of prayer. I love liturgical prayer to balance out this extemporaneous prayer that is constantly running in my head. The prayers of the saints who have gone before us open my vision of God's kingdom. The prayers bring others into my field of focus, and I'm grateful for that expansion. Praying the Psalms every day is a Christian tradition that originated in Judaism. Jesus prayed the Psalms daily as a devout Jew. As a part of your prayer life, consider adopting Jesus's. Consider praying one Psalm a day with your morning or evening prayer. There's 150 in the book, so that'll get you through January if it's once a day. Both Pastor Daniel and I would love to listen if your prayer life is feeling stagnant. We want you to feel the peace of God that exceeds all understanding and will keep your heart and minds safe in Christ Jesus. We've both been there and we have suggestions on how to listen and how to talk to God. So back to sitting across the table from Jimmy at New Hope Market. Jimmy and I are total opposites. I'm an extrovert and he's an introvert. I communicate in paragraphs, chapters, really in tomes. <laughs> 
and his primary communication is with action. But if push comes to serve, then it must be just phrases. So if push comes to shove, <laughs> if push comes to shove, then it's just in mere phrases. So the challenge for me, as you can imagine, is shutting my mouth, giving him space to talk and listening well. And if I don't make space for this, then our relationship becomes quite one-sided and will, I expect, eventually fall apart. We are 20 years into this relationship, so I'd like to tell you that this work is now a breeze for me. Any day now. Any day. The truth is that I have to set intentional time and headspace for this still. To listen to him is to love him. And I want to love him more each day. So could we just take a moment to stand in solidarity with my middle schooler and high schooler and collectively roll my eyes and say, ah, oh, as sarcastically as possible for that PDA. So what does it look like to listen to God? We've talked about listening through prayer by paying attention to creation and the people around you. Another way is to read the Bible. We believe that the Bible is the living word of God, living because God is still speaking to us through scripture. When I spend time reading the Bible, I am better able to distinguish God's voice in other areas of my life. A regular scripture reading practice is a great way to learn God's voice and to listen to God. If this is a first step for you or you want to reform that habit, I recommend reading the scripture that's used today in worship all week long. When I sit down to read, I start with a short prayer asking God to guide my reading and understanding. Then I read the scripture through. I sit with it for a few moments and let it wash over me. I'll read it for a second time, slowly. And the second time, I'm waiting for a word or a phrase to bubble up to the top. When that happens, I'll meditate on this word or phrase for a few moments. Before I read it a third time, I ask God to help me know the next step. How do I put this action into my life? I read the scripture a third time, and then I close in prayer with a set intention. This way of reading scripture prayerfully in nature has a bent toward listening rather than studying, which is also important, but I think that's better done with commentaries and a small group. This is a prayerful way to read scripture. This process wasn't invented by me. It's called Lexio Divina, and it's been used for centuries. If reading scripture is a new habit for you, then maybe instead you want to pick up a habit of reading a psalm a day. If you're ready for the next step and you um, think about a time during the week to meditate on Sunday's scripture, a step beyond that might be to tackle a gospel from beginning to end. I favor the gospel of Luke. Just pull it out, 
read for a chapter or two, put it aside, and the next day continue your reading till you get to the end of the gospel. If you're ready for something more, I highly recommend a devotional book called The Bible Year by McGray de Vega. This will take you through the Bible in an entire year. And as the name suggests, <laughs> it's full of daily reflections or daily readings and a short reflection. It'll only take you about 20 minutes a day and you can do it at your own pace. That book is called The Bible Year Devotional. I hope that today has given you some practical ways to spend time in prayer and reading the Bible as tools to connect you to God. Habits can be hard to form. The beginning of an academic year is a great time to start new habits. After a lazy summer, my kids are creating new habits for studying and a bunch of supporting habits like rising early and packing their lunches. I want to love God more every day. The habits of worship, service, group life, Bible study, and prayer can be hard to form, like getting up early in the morning, but they're vital to the life of faith that we seek. My prayers are with you in this new season of paying attention. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Toby, for that good word for us today. Uh, just a few quick things here, friends, before we go. The first is I want to invite you to in-person worship next Sunday. That's September the 11th. This is going to be our fall kickoff Sunday. Uh, I'm really excited about this. We're starting a, a brand new sermon series next week called Inclusive Like Jesus. It's going to be uh, really good, I think. And then right after worship next Sunday, the 11th, we're having uh, a popcorn bar celebration as we kick off the, the fall season. Uh, it's really like the perfect time. If, if you're new to Kindred or you know somebody, you've got a friend or family member who is new to Kindred, it's really the perfect time to come and just get a little taste of, of what we're about and, and who we are uh, as a community. We'd love to, to see you there next Sunday. You can get all the details about in-person worship on our website, which is kindrednc.com church. Uh, also, if you are local, uh, I would love to connect with you. We've got a link in the description here that's titled Connect. Uh, just click on that link, leave me your contact information, and I would love the chance to, to reach out and say hey to you later this week. Uh, and finally, definitely click on the announcements link in the description here. That'll take you to this week's newsletter, and that'll keep you up to date on all the different things that we've got going on, all the different ways that you can connect and uh, stay engaged with our church and, and stay engaged with God in this season. Uh, well, with that, friends, remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week, and may the peace of Christ be with you. Listeners, this free resource and all of Kindred's ministries are supported by the generosity of people like you. Your giving changes lives, and it helps us to share and embody God's love. If you'd like to make a donation, you can do so on our website at www.kindrednc.church. Just select Give. You can find lots of ways to connect with our community on our website, as well as on our social media pages. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time.